This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. Um, so welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're back with Nick and Bob. So how are you doing, Nick? How's uh, these past few weeks holding up? Yeah, Bob, it's actually been an interesting time. I'm doing well. Um, so, you know, recently I've taken all the tests and everything, passed them. Um, Great I've, news. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And so I'm officially now a licensed physical therapist in both the state of New York and the state of California. So that's a, a big relief. I'm glad that the process has uh, gone through and just excited to get started with my career. But I'm finding myself now actually in kind of this um, – it's a lull in the middle, the lull in the middle after kind of a hectic time, getting ready for all the exams and everything. But then now, before I move out to California. So I'm actually, um, I'm looking forward to this time of life, kind of a change of pace, but I'll get a chance to explore um, a lot of different areas and see some more friends I haven't connected with in a while. Okay. So so tell me a little bit uh, more about this. So you had this extremely, I guess, stressful time of, of taking exams and all these busy things, and now it's just uh, a time of pretty much like you're not doing as much as what you were a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, exactly. So, so it's, I, I'm not going to even say that it's, I was extremely stressed. I think I did a good job in balancing everything, managing it really well for myself, actually. But, um, you know, it's after my clinical this summer was over and we technically graduated, had degrees, but then we had to get ready for studying for boards. It kind of felt like any other, you know, major winter break from school where you have like two weeks off that I gave myself but then you get back on the grind and this is really the longest break for myself where I don't have anything immediate coming up and yeah I've got the residency that I can start preparing for and everything but I'm actually taking more time off for myself than what my mind even wants me to um, and I mean that in a good way so you know I, I love the stuff that I do I'm really excited about continuing to learn more in the area of um, specifically for the orthopedic residency, but I'm actually intensely giving myself a big break, kind of a detox of the mind, really just to cleanse and refresh. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it sounds like you really want to get it going, but also at the same time, you also want um, to take advantage of, of this, this quote-unquote break. Absolutely. So um, I'm traveling out to um, New Hampshire soon, coming up for Thanksgiving. We go out there um, every Thanksgiving, well, every Thanksgiving, but once in my life. Um, we've been out there. So a big tradition. We see a lot of family out there, big gathering. And yeah, I'm actually staying awesome. out in New England for about three weeks after that. So uh, visiting a lot of old friends, going up to Maine, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, looping back through Pennsylvania before coming back to New York here for a week or two before going okay. to Cali. So it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it, Bob. What are you doing for Thanksgiving coming up? Um, well, right now I'm, I'm home. Uh, I just came from my uh, my brother's house. Pretty much, we're just doing uh, family stuff. Nothing really special. Um, no, that sounds awesome. So, so you're you're going up to New Hampshire this week? Yep. So yep. in the next few days. In the next few days, leaving on Wednesday. Um, and I'll be going out there with the rest of my family too. And then when they end up coming back to New York, where we're from, um, I'll just stay out there for a while. Okay. Yeah. So the next few weeks, you're just planning on reconnecting with friends. Um, just really taking our time to just catch up with everybody. Absolutely, love, uh, you know, soak up the last little bit of those East Coast connections before I head out west to make some new ones. Yeah, I actually like to hear your thoughts. So, so, so I mean, 
we already talked about this just like for a minute so far, but um, for most people, when they go out to the workforce, right, the last summer break is their is their last year or their last summer break in in school. Um, and that's usually the longest period they're going to get off ever again um, in besides like retirement and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I love to hear your thoughts about, um, I guess there's just this idea in general of this is the last time you're going to have this much time to yourself to, to meet up with friends, to, to reconnect with people. Um, and then when you go out to work, I mean, the only times you have off are holidays, um, sick days, times you could request to leave. Um, but yeah, that, just that in general. Yeah, I actually, I think it's a really good opportunity. I think it's a good opportunity to really, to segment, to take this extra time, like you said, kind of the last big summer break now to kind of get everything in store. Um, because really in school, it's this, it's this very intense experience. And Bob, you're living in now, you're in your last year of the program. I finished my last year, well, last year. And we've been in school forever, for our whole lives. And it's this intensive time where, you know, we've, it's we're either on in school or we've got break on school or in break. And, you know, we're in the classroom learning hands-on instructors doing homework after and everything. And really that's our major focus. We might work here and there a little bit or meet with some friends and stuff, but really we're segmented for mostly schoolwork, especially for us when we're in this more intensive training program, physical therapy. But now when we enter the workforce, it's like, Oh, and I, I, I'm curious if you've gotten this experience on clinical where you're like, oh, I'm only working 40 hours a week. And I mean, like I'm studying to stay on top of things, but it's not all these crazy expectations after. Did clinical ever feel lighter to you than school, Bob, or did school feel lighter to you? Um, if I'm going to be honest, school feels a little bit more lighter. Um, okay. Because I'm not on my feet all the time. Um, and that really drains me when I'm on my clinicals. Um, uh, gotcha. But I, I think I just need to like exercise or, or something or practice, <laughs> practice being on my feet more. Uh, but Fair enough. One thing so, I was so, gonna so say, for me, oh yeah, go, go ahead, Bob, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one thing I was going to say is that like, um, I feel personally, I feel like school is, is very like a an artificial environment. Um, I, I come home and there's all these like different variables that, that really affect how your day is going to run. But then in school, you're pretty much, you're going to class, you're studying. If you have work, you work. Um, nothing like really unexpected comes up unless like your car breaks down, breaks down or something like that. Um, but then when you're when you're in, I guess the quote unquote the real world or, or back home or somewhere that's not artificially telling you that you need to do this to pass to move on to the next level, um, there's all these other different variables that can like adjust how your day goes or, or mess up with your plans or, or things like that. Does that make sense? Absolutely does, Bob, and it kind of goes back to the idea of how these university and schooling systems were based off of. And it was based off of this idea of a, a monastery, of this place where monks would go to, whether it's with a certain religion or not, but to study and learn and to really absorb. And that was their dedication and their focus of mind and their mind. So certainly I'm not saying that uh, any every typical uh, freshman entering college is bound to be a monk by any means. Um, that's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there is an element to that where that is your focus, and this is very segmented. But like you said, out in the real world, quote unquote, because you know, school's fake, right? So out in the real yeah, world, 
Yeah, so out in the real world, um, it's integrated. And it's all these little aspects are sprinkled in together. And instead of being these nice cookie-cutter plates with, like, four different sections to put your meat, your vegetables, your starches, whatever, and you just get, like, a badass smoothie. And you got to get everything blended up. And so that's the cool thing I'm looking forward to is, yes, I'm going to be in kind of a school-type setting with this residency program, but really for the rest of my career, it's far more integrated. And I'm just, my job is to make a great tasting smoothie. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's all what, what life's about, making some nice smoothies, drinking them, <laughs> and just enjoying the smoothie. Um, I, I'm going to ask you this, and then I'll probably share my thoughts after you do. I'm, we're probably going to have the same, um, I guess, thought process. But so you said that in school where you have this, this f- focused um, goal, right? We, we need to study. We need to pass. Uh, go to the next grade, study, pass to get this paper, um, and and school is all this like artificial um, thing where, where that's just your main focus. Like like the monks, they go there just to study. Now sure. in the real world, how do you how would you figure out what that one goal is, right? So there's no uh, quote unquote structure that's pushing you towards to pass your classes, to go to class, or to to pass that test. Um, yeah, that, that's that's the question, and I, I'll probably share my thoughts after you do. Okay, I'm going to start off this, Bob, with a statement that, again, this may be taken strangely from somebody who just finished a six-year program that includes some rules, but I am not a fan of our education system. I am not okay. a fan of the current higher education scheme where – you go from middle school to high school and high school to college where half the people going into college are doing it because it's an expectation and because they treat it like a second high school. I'm a big fan of learning. I'm a big fan of curiosity. And I'm a big fan of trying new things and experimenting. So for me, and I was trying to kind of rationalize this when I was in school, when I was in more of my advanced physical therapy part of my learning, where I wanted to learn even more about different things. I had that curiosity. So I took these different continuing education courses you're doing. You recently got back from a course, I believe, three weeks ago or something that you even helped organize. Um, We're taking these additional learning opportunities for the sake of fueling our curiosity to get better. Um, But the kind of the typical education system where the professor's or the organization's job is to say, based on the people that come into this cohort, we have to teach to kind of the minimum level. We're, you know, we'll get people that are maybe better at neuro, better at pharmacology, better at ortho, better at sports, better at pediatrics, better at geriatrics, cardiopulmonary, all these different things, or that people have affinity towards. And oftentimes you're teaching towards the least common denominator. What people are more concerned about is not that everybody gets an A, but that, you know, nobody gets a C, for example, that nobody gets that minimum level so that you keep passing the entire cohort through. So really to get to the expert level, it takes that innate curiosity to learn it. So we've got the foundations and we've got that through our education system to a certain degree. And so now I'm, I'm excited to continue that work that I started to invest in myself and my own curiosity. And how did I do that and how did I know where to go was I talked to mentors and I talked to people that I said, hey, this person, this person, and that person. 
they're doing something that I want to do. There's an element of their approach, of their, of their, um, what they're involved in, their path, their journey that I can appreciate and I want to create for myself. So I'm going to talk to them and say, hey, this is what I'm interested in. Can you help me out? And that will lead me towards the next step down my path. Okay. I like it. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And I, um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the topic, Bob, or if you have any other follow-up questions. Yeah, no, I – so my follow-up to that or my answer to that question was um, actually just really aligns with with the main thesis of, of this podcast in general of just sticking to your why. Um, like, like, why are you doing this? Like, what is the main thing that's driving you? And then constantly reflecting. So once you're out of school, there, there's nothing, there's nothing to really structure you. There's nothing to really push you forward or anything but yourself, right? And the only way for you to realize what what you want to be pushed towards is, is for you to constantly reflect. Which, which you reminded me last week, like uh, having a set time every week, um, just just going through like your your one year goal, three year goal, five year goals. And think to yourself, is, is that what I really want to do? Is that what I really need or, or really desire to have? And then move forward or don't move forward. Now, I, for, for the physical therapy part that, that you were talking about, I kind of agree and disagree um, because m- many people, and I'm just having a generalized statement here, that, that many, many people, um, they – that we we all change professions, so we could go to PT school for I don't know six years, and then work at a, as a PT for 20 years, and then decide that we want to be a carpenter uh, because that's what makes us happy. Um, and that's actually an example that one of my professors gave me is that we're, we're gonna we're gonna change professions eventually. We're gonna find something a new why or, or a new thing that really motivates us to as our guiding light um, to, mo- to move forward. Now, I'm sure that that physical therapist that became a carpenter, um, I'm sure he already enjoyed physical therapy for the first few years or she enjoyed physical therapy for the first few, uh, first few years and then they reevaluated themselves and, and thought to themselves, what do I really want to do? And then followed that passion um, as that force, as that artificial force that's pushing them to, to, work, to, to moving forward. Um, does that make sense, Nick? Absolutely, Bob. So basically, it's just figuring out your why, going towards that why, and just always reflecting. Like like you always say, Nick, this is something that you're, you have a huge strength at. Um, and as you mentioned at the start of this podcast, that you were like in, that you have this break, um, that you're reconnecting with friends. Um, the first thing that I thought of was, was, do these next few weeks align with your why? Or if they, if they do, that's great. If they don't, um, just shift past. And I'd love to hear your follow-up on that. Um, but it sounds like overall it's, you're doing great. Hey, Bob, oh, this, is you know, this, this is another reason why I love this podcast, why I love our discussions, and why I love not only my friendship with you, but so many of these different types of enriching friendships because you ask the good questions. It might be something where, you know, I'm considering this along the way and I have a general idea, but you get right to it. You just say, Nick, these next few weeks, not is it good, not, oh, you're going to have a little bit of fun. No. Does this align with your purpose? And, Bob, I love it. So, for me, the answer is absolutely. 
And because there are different layers and levels to your purpose, to your why. And part of the why for me that this is, because a lot of my why revolves around inspiring others, inspiring them through the idea of this eternal hope through, and I believe through physical therapy for me, doing it through movement, variability, and resiliency from different patients or clients. But in terms of, you know, what we can do to inspire hope in everybody, it's about the clan we have and the connections and the community and the people that I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with, both that I have the privilege to do that physically with so often, but then those who are way out of distance too, that I stand with them in solidarity, not because there's an issue at hand. So often we hear the words of standing in solidarity like this off, there's this oppressed group. People have to be oppressed to be together and to be united. And I've got a lot of great friends and I'm very blessed to have them in my life and a lot of family. You know, I consider a family by blood, family by choice. And for me to reconnect with these communities to enrich their lives and absolutely from my end, be enriched by them. Um, that vitality of community. Bob, that's uplifting for me. I love it. And again, it's about who you surround yourself. So I'm trying to surround myself by people who ask these similar questions, by people who say, what is your why? Let me constantly reflect on myself. And this can be about totally different things. So part of when I'm going up to Maine is I'm going to visit my old boarding school. And, I, and this is a school um, built and founded on the ideas of, one, um, character building, character development, effort over achievement. And the idea that a little bit of being a rebel is an okay thing. Um, and so I'm excited for these opportunities. And so, yes, these next few weeks absolutely align with my why. Perfect. That's that's the answer I want to hear from you, Nick. But um, like we always say, you're the average of the five people you, you spend the most time with. And also it sounds like um, you're feeding off energy from them and they're going to feed off energy from you. And then overall, in summation, the energy is just going to go through the roof. And, and overall, it, it sounds like, again, like it, it's going to be a great experience because you're a person that constantly reflects on your purpose, on your why. And like you, like you just said perfectly, <laughs> that this does align. Um, and now what I will say, Bob, is I don't want to pretend like everything's just sunshine and rainbows. I'm like, because I'm talking confidently or because I truly believe in this that oh my gosh this is perfect you know there are some things I still struggle with even now and you know I recently I told you um and I don't mind saying this on the podcast I recently had a surgery um you know it was a planned surgery nothing that uh was critical I wasn't losing blood all over the place um but I had the planned surgery and because of that I'm definitely very restricted in my physical activity level. I can't lift more than 10 pounds right now, which for me is infuriating. Um, but again, with my as a physical therapist, with the knowledge, it makes sense why I can't. Um, so I've got to be patient with myself because now in this quote-unquote more downtime, a structured time, I would rather be like saying, okay, let me relax by playing sports six to eight hours a day. But it's looking a little bit different for me now. Yeah. So – Here's a little like side story. Um, I love side stories with Bob. That should we we should have like a mini book of that where it's like a hundred page book, a hundred different like 
four paragraph stories called Side Stories with Bob. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a very like short side story that 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 you. So, so basically, um, I texted you how your surgery was going, and you said it, it was good. You're hanging in there, and I, and I was there just eating my my dinner or, or eating my lunch. I was eating like <laughs> noodles, pasta, and all of a sudden you just sent me a picture of your of your heart, like during surgery <laughs> while I was eating. Um, but it, it was good to see that, that you're fully recovered and you, you're hanging in there. Um, Heck yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> it, it was sweet. It was like, I was hanging out with the surgeon, like the, I shouldn't say that I was hanging out. Like it's not like I was like sitting around having drinks with him or anything. It was like in the meeting, but we were, we were talking and stuff and he was the pre-op day before. And, you know, I asked him like, Hey, this might be kind of weird, but do you mind taking a, a couple of pictures while you're in there? And he's like, yeah, of course we'll make that happen for you. So, uh, yeah, Bob, we got that uh, first hand for you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for sending me that picture. It was, it was good. Um, it was an experience overall. And 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 now more important question for you, Bob. How was your dinner? Did you enjoy your noodles? <laughs> it was good. Um, I, I still ate my noodles, um, but but it was it was good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, segueing to something else, um, real quick. So last week we talked about for, for me, um. We talked about just creating a custom avatar, and I created a, like a short blurb about who like I want to train for my clinic. Um, yeah. I like coming out. Do you mind if I just read you the short blurb? I'm gonna interrupt you first, but then yes, um, and I'm interrupting you with a story about when I took our clinical administration course, our physical therapy business course, and we were presented this idea about really creating clinical avatar and. In my mind at the time when I first took that course and I was going through it in the first kind of few days or a few weeks after hearing that part of it and really understanding it better, I was very skeptical. And I was skeptical about the idea of, wait, you're going to target one person? Isn't that too limiting? Don't as a business, you want to be more expansive and have these ideas project to everybody, not just one specific person. How can one specific person kind of represent what you want? But then I got thinking more about it and even more through our conversations, Bob, and thinking about, okay, through physical therapy or through personal training, what what cases got me the most excited? What people, what personality types, what kind of commitment that they brought to the table, what backgrounds that they brought to the table, what got me most excited, passionate? And that's not to say I didn't enjoy working with the others, but if I could work with just those kind of people and kind of all the nuances that around that presentation and again there's going to be a big kind of sway in the graph in terms of you know where along the bell curve they follow around how much standard deviation around this typical patient that I want to have for my avatar they're going to be so there's going to be variation but I'm a big fan of this idea now so I want to express my idea with that that I used to be a big doubter on this I truly did but I think when done right this can be a very useful tool. So yeah, without further ado, Bob, I'm going to stop blabbing. I'm going to let you start lecturing. Well, well, further on that point, I, I agree. Like like the first gut reaction is you want to cast – you want you want to treat everybody, right? You want to treat everybody that walks through the door. Um, you want to cast a wide net as possible um, to, to to do physical therapy for everybody, right? That that's, that makes logical sense. More people, more people you can help. That's more insurance uh, money that you get. Um but when you cast a wide net, you, you get a variety of different people. So 
and like you said, you, you may like treating different kinds of people, but there's that one particular kind of person. Um, so, so like nine o'clock, Mary, she comes in with, she, she's an active, like seven year old lady. Um, and, and you, she's humorous, she's funny and you love treating her. Um, that's like the kind of person that you want to treat all day long and you don't feel like it's, it's a nagging, um, or, or a boring work day when your entire work schedule is full of Mary, that seven year old funny lady. Um, so it's about like figuring out who you like. And then once you figure out who you like, you can throw, um, a fishing rod out there that's specifically targeted to her. So more people like her show up. So you're, you're casting, you're casting that net that's not so big, not so small, um, that you're getting like similar characteristics from, uh, the marketing that you're trying to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely, Bob. So um, an example I, I like to give from this, or an example that I heard, is um, one of the biggest objections with anything when, when people sell anything is, is price, right? Price is, is a huge um, objection in general. Like um, it might be too expensive. It might doesn't fit your budget. Now the question of when is it actually expensive, right? Um, for example, I can give you a Ferrari and I can tell you that's it's only $5,000, right? And you might be thinking to yourself, oh my God, that's that's so cheap. We're going to buy that. But I can also offer you like a lollipop for the same $5,000 and, and you might be thinking um, that's super expensive. So it's really dependent on to what person um, do they think that it's expensive. Does that make sense? So one person might think it's expensive. One person might think it's not expensive. Like price is relative in general. I don't know yeah, if I can it, it, that. It, it, I don't know if I'm buying your lollipop Ferrari, but what I am buying is that price is often very negotiable, and it's negotiable based on the perception of value that each individual places upon that. And yes, because we have the common currency, it's typically similar, but not always. Yes. So, so yes, that, that was the point I was trying to get across, like the perception of price, like a lollipop versus a far, Ferrari. Um, that, that you you got the point, Nick. So yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. yeah. Let me let me read my uh, character avatar. So so so, so is, is, is your character driving a Ferrari stepping on a lollipop? Um, not, not this exact character. Maybe maybe he's in the range. I don't know. Um, but. For the working, the, the target that I want to treat or work with is 25 to 55 year old. Um, so I named him Jeff, and this is she could also be a female. So Jeff, male, female. Um, so Jeff is 35 years old who has back pain for the past six months. Every day he wakes up at 5 a.m. with a cup of coffee and goes for a workout. Jeff likes lifting weights, swimming, and running. Yet recently his back pain has been bothering him from doing these things 100%. Jeff would uh, sometimes even get leg pain too. Jeff's biggest pain is that he will not be able to stay active and lose his community of friends at the gym. So Jeff decides to go to the doctor for referral for physical therapy. What he finds out at physical therapy is that he's just placed in the corner and told to do three sets of 10 with different uh, TheraBand exercises. He knows that physical therapy is supposed to help, but he's not feeling any progress and feels like physical therapy is just another chore. He wants to get back to being active and working out without pain. Resigned to his pain, he sees an ad for a clinic while browsing through his Facebook feed. He sees older folks 
um, in PT, deadlifting, squatting, and doing kettlebell training while becoming pain-free at the same time, and he wants this as his physical therapy. He clicks the link and makes an appointment. As soon as he steps in, he's greeted, and he's greeted by name, and the physical therapy stays with him the entire session, explaining the reasoning for everything they do. Jeff starts to feel optimistic about his, uh, about his condition for the first time in months and becomes to have fun at PT. Every time he comes to PT, he gets his workout he's craving for and is given modifications to still work out at the gym. After a few months, uh, after a few more weeks of coming to physical therapy, the, the pain is gone, and the best part is he become he became even faster and can lift heavier weights than prior to his injury. Um, so that's my 30 second summation of my character or my uh, avatar that I would just love to treat in general. Um, and the, I think the whole purpose of me creating this avatar was so I can really target my message or, or really create my message for this person. Now I already have the message in general of uh, appropriate loading or heavy loading with, with uh, deadlift squats in physical therapy. Now, now that I have a customer avatar, I can make it a lot more specific and a lot more targeted um, for a message in general. Um, and then that's what I'm trying to work on right now as, as this business plan is developing. I like it, Bob. Hey, you paint a clear picture. Um, you know, there's certainly, like you said, a variety in there. There's enough of open window, whether for Jeff as a male or a female, however the population, anywhere from 25 to 55, a more active athletic, somebody who likes to take initiative, likes to participate in that. But there are obstacles, and they need to be kind of shown the pathway. That puts a great image in my head. If I'm somebody like Jeff, I would be mo much more motivated to come to a clinic like yours than anything like what you previously described. Yeah, I, that's, that's the whole point. <laughs> so thank you, Nick. I, I appreciate that. Um, but any other thoughts that, that you have on your mind? I, I love to hear like gut, gut reactions, yeah. pros, cons. I, I think what I will, first of all, for what you wrote, Bob, I think you did a fantastic job. Uh, I think you did a great job painting like a story, not just here a bullet point list of facts, even though you probably could have put a bullet point list of things down and have it then you would have sounded the exact same, but you told it in a story. You told it in a way that it makes sense from Jeff's perspective. So it's not just, hey, Jeff came to P PT to our clinic and we like him because here's who he is. No, you told the story from Jeff's perspective, which is really the important thing to understand to better better appreciate who these patients are coming into us. Um, and so I like that. Then the other thing I like to think about too is okay, for this guy, Jeff here, how would you, once we have this picture of who he is, how would you communicate to him um, from a front desk standpoint, from an advertisement standpoint, from in the clinic, from, you know, getting feedback from him after sessions, from even let's say you see him on the street or have lunch with him or whatever as a clinic owner. So, and I think that that may be a next step for you, Bob, is really working to develop that. Now that you know who Jeff is, how are you going to motivate Jeff? How are you going to help Jeff realize that his why correlates with your why? Wow, I really like that. How are you going to motivate him for your why to align with his why? Wow. Is that what you I mean, for your why to align with his why? Yeah, yeah. So how are you going to motivate him so that his why aligns with your why or I, I shouldn't say motivate him to do that. Motivate him 
and guide him to realize that. Because ultimately, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get people to bring people to Jeffs of the world. You want the Jeffs of the world to realize that their why, whether they've actually actively questioned it or not, deeply aligns with the mission of your why and how really y'all can work together. Yeah, I, I really like that. That's something that, yeah, I'm going to make it a lot more tangible um, and a lot more, like, actionable um, by next week. That, that sounds like a great plan for, for me to do. I like it, Bob. And again, this is how these accountability stuff works so well is when, um, you know, you come in with the energy, the reflection off of the event, boom, all of a sudden we've got this, we've got this idea collaboration, and then, okay, here seems to be the next logical step. Let's talk about it. And again, like you said before, with my initial view about kind of the education and everything, you could be partly agreed, partially disagreed. That's cool. I don't, I would be worried if everybody initially agreed with me. I've got some strong opinions sometimes. Um, if the world disagreed with me, we'd probably live in a pretty dangerous place. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Bob, anything else that you want to add? No, that's pretty much it. That's all I have. Um, do you want to end with some w- words of wisdom? All right. So, Bob, this is a pleasure as always. I love our topics. Um, I love our talks, and I love the reason behind them. And what I really hope for everybody listening on this podcast is not just that they get an occasional word of wisdom from Bob or from Nick, because I do think that's important and it's a good food for thought. I hope that they get some good nourishing food for thought, especially with these big Thanksgiving buffets coming up, about the conversations to have with themselves to reflect on their lives and the conversations to have with their family, by blood and their family, by choice, those that are shoulder to shoulder with them to really help them out. Because ultimately, manifest mindset is about finding, questioning, and understanding a more enriching life for yourself. Wow. That's a great way to end this podcast, Nick. That, <laughs> that, that gave me chills down my spine as you said that. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. Take care, my friend. Yep, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.